Hi, this is Ashley. I'm Maggie. And you're listening to The Watering Hole, a place where animals and animal enthusiasts regularly drink. Every episode, we'll talk about different animals and why they're cool, from basic biology, the threats they face, and what people are doing about it, all while under the influence. <laughs> I really appreciate you talking along with it because <laughs> it's still like just a second delayed because that's the internet. But I was like, don't look, Ashley, just don't look. <laughs> Keep reading the script. <laughs> <gasps> Stay focused. You've been practicing for this. Oh, gosh. Um, so I'm really excited for our internet this week because no. I'm recording from my office instead of <gasps> my home. I hope that it works. This is an old newspaper warehouse and like it has the old, the printing press. It has printing presses of all generations in it. That's crazy. And I have heard from many a staff member that this building is haunted. So all of them say like when you're here alone at night, you're gonna hear weird things. So I'm really excited to experience this while I'm being recorded. I'm just gonna I'm waiting for that door to like slam behind you or something. <laughs> it's probably going to and then I'm gonna disappear and you'll be the last one to see me and to know that I exist. Oh my god. It's gonna be literally door slam, lights oh go god. out, lights come back on, Maggie's gone. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Argos <laughs> is like, what? what is he's the last person to see you. Oh, he's the person. My gosh. Meanwhile, Ollie is here, so I'm recording from my current DC apartment for at least two more days, but he has made a home underneath my desk in his bed, so it's like a little den. I'll have to send you a picture. It's pretty cute. But earlier, we were packing up, and we were trying to take apart this big, like, container store shelf, and he decided to lay underneath it as we were taking it apart, and I was like, you literally could not pick a worse place to lay right now. Dogs have such a knack for picking the most inappropriate places to lay. It's like ridiculous. one of Nick's roommates has a bunch of big plants in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And instead of watering them with a watering can as a normal human would, he picks up the entire planter, which is like, you know, 10 gallon large or something. And then he'll take it into his shower and <laughs> water it that way. He's a weird bird. What? Um, what? So, <laughs> what? So one day when he was bringing the planter back to its home, Argos was laying in the middle of the ground in the, in the hallway. And mm-hmm. like the planter is so big, his roommate doesn't see where he's walking. And so he just walked on top of Argos. Oh, and no. neither of them made a sound, but the whole thing just happened in slow motion in front of me. I saw his roommate just like fall to his knees, fall to the ground. Argos just kind of skitters out of the way. Oh. And it was just so funny how neither of them made a peep. It was like, oh, this is just how oh. it's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, I definitely oh, no. thinks I'm going to leave him. Um, oh, that's why he's so close. Oh, God. Literally will not leave my side. Like, I leave the room and he's like, where'd you go? I'm like, to the kitchen? I don't. 
Uh, don't know what to tell you. I'm going to send you a picture of this. Please do. Oh. This is Lodan. He looks like a little potato. Oh, yeah. he's he's gained a couple pounds. <laughs> he's got that really, Wait. <laughs> those pandemic pounds are on him for sure. We're working on it. We get it. A lot of us are there, buddy. So do you want to tell me about your animal? Yeah. Do I I go first? Oh, yes. I do go first. It's an odd number. I'm getting there. My brain's a little a little slow tonight, but uh it's been a this long week, man. Seven dollar wine that I got. I literally was out of alcohol. I didn't get enough when I did my one grocery sh- shopping trip when I got to DC. And I had to go get spackle to spackle my walls. And I was like, oh, I can get wine at the grocery store because it's right next door to the hardware store. It was perfect. Cool. I'm pretty excited for my animal. I mean, I always am. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. But there's a very specific factoid that makes me very excited. Okay. But first we'll start with our clues. And so yeah. we're going to start off with a pretty basic clue with the Latin name. Oh, God. Are you ready? Why bother? But yes. Odo Benis Rosmaris. Odo Benis Rosmaris? Yeah. As if that's going to help me repeating it. Like, can you use it in a sentence, please? Um, <laughs> Mar. Does that have anything to do with the ocean? I don't think that's what it comes from, but they are found in the ocean. Okay. <laughs> Odo, Odo, Oto or Do, like D? D. Still, it, like, it doesn't matter. Clue number two. Yes. Okay. There, it's only one species. There's only one species in the entire family Odobenidae. So within this family, there's only one species. But within that species, there are two distinct subspecies. There's a population in the Atlantic and in the Pacific. Oh. Hmm. You'll have to edit out this long pause while I. <laughs> I always do. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, we think for much longer periods, but I'm like, we can't keep this <laughs> in. <laughs> Let's tighten this up and seem smarter. Um, is it a, can you, can you tell me, is it a mammal or yep. right whale? No. Do you want me to tell you one of its relatives? Okay. Sea lions. Distant relative. Not too oh. super distant, but. Is it a walrus? It is! Yeah! <laughs> oh, cool! This is gonna be so fun! I knew I needed to do something that was, like, cool, but, like, kind of easy, because I was tight on time, and the walrus turned out to be a great choice. It wasn't, what? like, a kangaroo thing, where, like, I picked kangaroo, and there's, like, five <laughs> species of kangaroo, and, like, 26 <laughs> species of wallabies. It was, like, two subpopulations. I was like, I can do that. <laughs> but then the very first thing I came across that I was like wait what is where the word walrus comes from oh okay a little etymology which is like the meaning of words and where they come from yeah and this little almost I almost fell out of my seat I didn't expect this are you ready it is thought that the person who originated the word walrus was J.R.R. Tolkien really yep so no way I was like, what the fuck? What is that? What? How? How is that possible? Like, how were they? They weren't just discovered in the 1900s. No, but I don't. So I don't. Basically, was like one of the ones who started using it anyway. So this was the direct quote. 
from Wikipedia. So okay. yeah, give it a give. Green but salt. I think I saw it came up another another place as well. So both Tolkien's academic career and his literary literary production are inseparable from his love of language and philog philogy. Is philogy a thing? Anyway. He specializes in English philology at university and in 1915 graduated with Old Norse as his special subject. Mm -hmm. He worked on the Oxford English Dictionary from 1918 and is credited with having worked on a number of words starting with the letter W, including walrus, over which he struggled mightily. What? Right? So I still don't quite know what it means like walrus must have existed but like i guess he was the one who put it in the dictionary that's really interesting but isn't that crazy (laughs) i can see why you almost fell out of your seat right i was just like wait what i was like am i reading the right article here i'm on the right page but so it is uh thought to have derived from either dutch origins or old norse so some reasons it's thought of that is that in dutch walvis means whale Hmm. Um, they're like similar to whales, whatever. The second part of walrus, I guess, I guess the rest part, I don't know, is Norse for horse. So it's a horse whale. Huh. I guess. Yeah. I'm, Which, like, I'm, my mind immediately went to riding one of these in the waves. Um, it's so epic, <laughs> but not beautiful. <laughs> they're not pretty <laughs> creatures. <laughs> like elegant, no. <laughs> epic yes but their latin name means tooth walking seahorse so you can see where all of it kind of comes together basically they're like these things are big and live in the ocean so we'll just name other big animals and they'll relate <laughs> this is perfect so what do these horse whales look like is that a ghost maggie i definitely heard somebody talking <laughs> is it me because we're recording a podcast I'm hoping it was just Argos breathing. Anyway, so what do they, these guys look like? If you haven't seen a walrus, I'm shocked because I feel like they're pretty popular Arctic animal. <laughs> no hate, but I'm just like, I feel like people know walruses. Walrus eye? Walrus is. These horse whales uh, are big boys, also big girls, um, weighing up to <laughs> one and a half tons, which... It's like 3,000 pounds, I think we discovered last, I discovered last time because I didn't realize, literally I was editing last episode and I talked over every time you kept saying, a ton is 2,000 pounds. Because so I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, I did not hear her. Like three times you said it. And I was like, oh, 1,000 pounds. And then finally there was like a moment of silence and you're like, Ashley, a ton is 2,000 pounds. And I was like, oh my God, thank you for this brand new information that I've never heard before. So, but, I mean, I kept with it. I was persistent and I wasn't upset that you didn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked the consistency you had of like, it's 2,000 pounds, Ashley. That's 2,000 pounds. All right. So it's 2,000 pounds. It was great. So these guys can weigh up to one and a half tons, around 3,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that's blubber. Not all of yeah. it, but actually in the winter, up to a third of it can be blubber. In terms of like length, they can measure between seven and a quarter feet to 11 and a half feet. So that's not height. That's like from tail to head, but like Wait. they sit up, you know, kind of like, what was it? Oh, okay. I know what it was that I heard. It was the police scanner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
the amount of terror as your head whipped to the side. Oh my god, it was a oh man's goodness. voice, and it was like, rah, 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 rah. Oh, don't like hey, that. Just announcing a car crash. It's fine, everybody. <laughs> well, not for those people, but okay. But so that's their length. It's not their height per yeah. se, but usually because they do sit upright on their on their front flippers, they're like tall as t- almost as tall as like an average size man. Which what's average? Like they they're taller than right. me. I'm five right. seven. They're taller than me or about my height, depending. In terms of body shape, I wouldn't say they have one. They're kind of these giant brown blobs. Um, (laughs) Also, sometimes they're pinkish, especially as they get older. They'll get a little more pinky. But they're these big brown blobs. I mean, they do have like a general pinniped or seal, sea lion shape. More Mm -hmm. sea lion because they use their front flippers um, to move around. They got these big old mustaches, got a ton of vibrissae that we'll get into a little bit later. Mm, um, yeah. And then what they're most known for is those long tusks. Mm-hmm. So I said, think of President William Taft, but with flippers. And then you have a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If anyone can draw us a caricature of President William Taft as a walrus, <laughs> we'd really appreciate it. It'd be glorious. <laughs> They also have an air sac under their throat that actually acts as a flotation device and helps them kind of bob up and down in the water and even sleep in the water. That's adorable. Uh, could you imagine if if you had your own flotation device? You don't need anything when you go sailing. Under just, my throat. Just blow it up. I don't know what that word was. And then my own personal problem with walruses is that I really don't like their eyes. I find their eyes very upsetting. (laughs) Why is that? They're like very round and like bulbous and red. Yeah. And just like they kind of remind me of like pug eyes. Oh, pug eyes really bad. Like you can literally squeeze a pug and their eyes pop out. And you could do the same with a walrus. But yeah, with walrus eyes, you're right. I feel like they've they've opened their eyes way too much in the salt water. Oh my God. And they're just pain. It's crazy. So that's my own personal problem. Like Mm. I think walruses are really cool, but their eyes really bother me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair. But, but moving on. Um, so where are these guys? They're in the Arctic. So they're not in the Antarctic. They're in the Arctic. They're in the North. There are two subspecies that I mentioned. So there's the Atlantic subspecies. The Atlantic subspecies inhabit coastal areas from northeastern Canada to Greenland. And then there's the Pacific subspecies that inhabits the northern seas off Russia and Alaska uh, and migrate seasonally from the southern range in the Bering Sea, mm-hmm. their southern range. And these guys do tend to migrate with the moving ice floats, but they're always in the Arctic. So when you see these guys, you usually will see them in groups of hundreds to even thousands. They're extremely social. Um, So they're found in these big groups, either hauling out on ice floats or on land. And they're very loud. They have those big sacks (laughs) for floating, but I assume that helps. They're very, very vocal. They tend to bellow a lot and even snort at each other, which, you know what, me too. Hello. I'm very much a snorter when I laugh, so I feel like that's the walrus in me coming out. But yeah, so these guys are loud, they're in big groups, hanging out. But now let's talk about those tusks. Um, That's what we're all here for today, obviously. So what are they? They are elongated canines, so those teeth, we have them too, they're just much shorter, that can reach lengths of three feet, and they can weigh- Three! 
Three feet. Yep. A wow. meter. <laughs> it's crazy. A yardstick. Think of a yardstick and they can grow up to that length. No, they don't all get the, the, to that length yeah. and they can break and, and all that, but they can get up to three feet. Isn't that wow. crazy? Wow. And they can weigh up to 5.4 kilograms or 12 pounds. But yeah, so they have these big old tusks. So who has them? Males and females both have tusks. Like elephants. Um, mm-hmm. Although well, the males, African elephants. Yes. Although males tend to have slightly longer and thicker tusks, but like if you didn't know any better, you probably couldn't tell them apart. Okay. Why? Why do they have them? I like walruses because I feel like so many, well, thinking back to like narwhals where it's like, why? And it, the answer is just like, we don't know. They have a pretty good idea of why, nar- why narwhals, why walruses have these tusks. Because for one thing, they help make life in the Arctic a lot easier. So they'll actually use them to haul themselves out of the water by like using them, if you think of like an ice pick, oh, wow. into the ice to move themselves out, thus the tooth walking part of their Latin name kind of makes sense. They're using their teeth to like walk out of the water. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They can also smash holes through the ice to make breathing holes. So if they're like underneath water, they could. Really? Yeah. So they, they do do that. I feel like. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like that's something I've seen or thought of in a cartoon, but never actually thought like, wh- how would they bend that way? That's really fascinating. Just thinking I mean, about it. I don't know the physics of it, but I believe that was from a source other than Wikipedia. I don't remember what source. Somewhat, re- yeah, reliable. Yeah. So they use them kind of like tools to do all these things. And then, mm-hmm. of course, males will use them during their mating season to fight, and they'll go all over the place with them, you know, wow. gnashing their, their tusks. So some other fun things about walruses. Their favorite thing to eat is shellfish and mollusks down at the bottom of the very dark sea floor, which is where their mustaches actually come in handy. So they're not actual just mustaches. They're made up of what are called mustachial vibrissae. So vibrissae, seals have them as well. They're like whiskers, kind of like cats have, but they are basically as sensitive as fingers. So they can feel along the dark sea floor and locate shellfish and other mollusks to eat. So it's a very, it's a very handy mustache, much, much handier than like a a, a hipster mustache. It actually has use. So Mm -hmm. they can swim up to depths of a hundred meters in order to get these treats. They're pretty deep divers, but they're only diving to get get food they're not just i guess well nothing dives just to dive i guess unless you're like a synchronized swimmer (laughs) exactly and these guys are not but imagine walruses (laughs) swimming for a second oh it'd be so graceful oh my gosh in little little swimsuits a walrus in a speedo in a bikini (laughs) (laughs) anyway so they have uh, lots of blubber for the cold, but they can also slow down their heartbeat mm-hmm. um, in order to withstand the polar temperatures. So they're very well adapted to living in the Arctic. Um, they can live up to 40 years in the wild, although typically they only live, <laughs> I accidentally typed this wrong. So it says two to 30 years. It was supposed to be 20 to 30, <laughs> but I guess some only live to be two, but possible. So I'd say like average 30. We'll go with that. Okay. Um, and then the other fun fact is that the males possess a large uh, baculum or penis bone? <gasps> right. Oh my gosh. This is uh, this is what they're known for. Besides their tusks, <laughs> um, so it can be up to sixty-three centimeters or twenty-four inches in length. Which is 
two feet, <laughs> almost as big as their tusks. Um, and it is the largest of any land mammal, both in absolute size and relative to body size. So I'm sorry. Oh, it is. Can you repeat that for effect? The largest of any land mammal, both in absolute size and relative to body size. So no, that's impossible. Like, I feel like horses and elephants have longer penises. Well, let's Google. An elephant's penis is 39 inches. That is over a meter. Oh, it also might be referring to the penis bone. Ah, okay, sure. The penis <laughs> bone. Yes, the, the baculum. Uh, the actual bone, not just the boning <laughs> act. Correct. Okay. So I think that's probably where, where the difference comes in. All right. But anyway, so in terms of these guys' conservation. Yes. These guys are IUCN red listed as vulnerable. Mm. So just so you get an idea of what the population size is mm -hmm. for these guys to be considered vulnerable, um, the Atlantic subspecies is over 25,000. Oh, so wow. like 25,000 plus. And then Pacific walruses are around 200,000. So the Pacific oh. population is much larger, but they're also one species. So total mm. 225,000. So. Are you going to talk at all about the planet Earth piece on walruses? No. I, I swear you've seen it. It's uh, the latest David Attenborough series uh -huh. came out in like may 2019 and it talked about climate change and how different species are are feeling the effects and walruses were a key piece of it oh yeah wasn't it really i'm trying to remember wasn't it, was, it really sad it was one of the saddest things ever because where walruses in one particular population tend to go like they're you're going to take my facts. They're, is this one of your facts? I know it's not specifically from that, but I'm guessing it's probably the same one where that they'll, since they can't go on ice floats, they'll go on land. Yeah. But they have a tendency to get spooked essentially yeah. and they will stampede and they'll kill like the baby walruses and, and each other from stampeding. So that's really sad, but that's not what I was going to say. Oh gosh. So because their ice flows are melting away, they'll go on land. And this, this one certain population that was profiled in planet earth, like the, the pack of land that they went to was really rocky. And because there are so many walruses, they didn't have, they don't have land to, to really spread out on. So a lot mm -hmm. of them will crawl up this rocky cliff face and then like they were not made to be on, they were not oh. made to be climbing. And so to get back into the water, they just throw themselves off of a cliff face and a lot of them die. Oh God, I don't know that. I think I remember hearing about that and I was like, I don't think I can do this. Honestly, it's one of the most disturbing videos I've ever seen of wildlife. Oh. It's yeah. really tragic, but hey gang, that's what's happening with climate change. Yeah, that's wow. Sorry. Well, no, it's all right. No, I mean, I thought it was sad to begin with, but it's even sadder now. I'm here to bring this podcast down <laughs> yeah. on a weekly basis. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you staying true to what this is about. But so to talk a little bit more about what, about what 
walruses are facing. I think we've talked about the big one. Um, historically, they were overhunted in the 18th and 19th century um, for their tusks, oil, skin, and meat. Um, so they were even they were hunted to extinction in the Gulf of St. Lawrence and off the coast of Nova, Nova Scotia, where there are no longer walruses. Currently, they are still hunted, but only by indigenous peoples um, who are allowed to hunt them, and it's a lot more sustainable than previous practices. Obviously, their biggest thing is climate change for the reasons we talked about. They often use ice flows for feeding and resting, so if they can't go on those ice melts, they're going onto shore. And as Maggie talked about with them climbing up these rock faces, but also they tend to get spooked and when they're disturbed and they'll stampede and trample over walrus calves because they are so tightly packed onto the shore. Mm-hmm. Other things like industrial impacts, so as sea ice breaks up and more ships come in, there's a lot more potential for, well, obviously like noise pollution, but also oil spills. And oil spills are like almost impossible to clean up in the Arctic. Like there's been research shown that cleaning up oil spills in the Arctic is a lot more difficult than cleaning them up in other areas. One thing, there's not a plan and they're harder to get to. But yeah, so they're facing basically anything that's in the water and anything that's in cold water is like facing a lot of not great things. So yeah, I hate to end on a down note. So go look up a picture of a walrus and just like smile a little because they are fun and so unique. They're They're the only ones of their family. I mean, it's crazy. For sources today, it was mainly Wikipedia, National Geographic, World Wildlife Fund, and Defenders of Wildlife. But yeah, so that's uh, walruses. Woo! Walruses! Thanks for sharing. They're such a cool animal. They really are. They are so unique. And I think, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast is like, even if you can't actively do something to protect a specific species, we just want people to care about them because they're fucking cool. I just want people to be, I, I would love to be in a world mm-hmm. where A, we could go to bars again, but oh, you could go to a bar and just chat about the baculum with whoever's sitting next next to you, you know? <laughs> Isn't that the dream? Isn't that the world we all want? That is the dream. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited for my animal because similar to yours, I think a lot of people probably know about it, but they don't really know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm also really excited for my hints because last week I obviously made zero attempts (laughs) to come up with hints. (laughs) Had no no hints ahead of time. And Uh, this week I've got interactive hints. Okay, multifaceted clues, hit me. Okay, so they are sound clues and I want you to listen. And, uh, and, and, uh, see what you can get out of these sound, these, what you're about to hear. Ready? Yeah. Are you doing camels? (laughs) Are you doing camels? Yes, but wait. (laughs) Do you know how quickly I got that? There's a second hint that'll tell you which camel exactly. So just wait. The Bacterin camel. Yes. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. I think fair use. We can include parts of those songs. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. I am doing camel. Such an upgrade from your <laughs> last hint. 
Indeed. I, I really had to up my game. I was disappointed in myself. So I'm doing Camelus Bactrianus. Bactrianus. The two-humped camel. Because I think a lot of people, when they think of camel, they think of the dromedary or the one-humped camel. Mm-hmm. But these guys have two. Whoa. So Double trouble. Yes, they are, in fact, because they are over seven feet tall at the hump. <laughs> which is wait so are their humps taller than their heads they can be i think <gasps> they can be not Crazy. always gotcha um which is like, like over 2.1 meters they can be anywhere between 300 to 690 kilos because males are larger than females i don't know how many that is in pounds so just think that it's a lot Unless how many you- tons is it <laughs> I only I'm think in tons now. 0.25, I'm going to guess. Kilos to pounds. We never do this in advance. So it's like almost a ton. It's uh, at, at their heaviest, they're about 1,500 pounds. I was going to say, is it a Maggie ton or an Ashley ton? <laughs> Split the difference. <laughs> Perfect. It's a combination of the two. Oh. They live up to 50 years in the wild Ooh. at their at their longest. Like the average is like somewhere around 30 to 40, but they can be known to live 50 years. When I was writing all the basic facts, I was like, okay, seven feet tall, that's how many meters? And then they're how many pounds, how many kilos? They're 50 years. What is that in kilo years? <laughs> and then I had oh. to remind myself, nope, there's just there's- one. One years. <laughs> time time we all got down. Time we all agreed this is how it is. This Measurement, is not so much. <laughs> they are the only true wild camels left in the world. Did you know that? I did not. So dromedary yeah. camels, there aren't wild ones anymore? No. <gasps> in fact. Yeah. Who knew? Not me. So where are these two humped camels found? They're in the Gobi Desert in Mongolia and uh, China. So they don't have a huge range. They are rather nomadic um, and they will migrate depending on the seasons. So the Gobi Desert is known for its extreme temperatures in the summertime. Mm -hmm. It can get well over 120 degrees, not well over. It can get around to like 120 degrees Fahrenheit. And then in winter, it can drop to negative 20. And these camels are cool with it regardless. They're like, whatever. (laughs) This is just... These camels should live in upstate New York because I feel like we get similar temperatures. <laughs> That's probably That's dramatic, but still. Yeah. <laughs> they have shaggy coats that keep them warm in the winter, and then that sheds in the summertime to keep them cool. They rarely sweat, which helps them to retain fluid, and this enables them to go their notoriously long lengths without drinking water, which... <sighs> is pretty cool. So in the winter time, a plant can sustain them with enough water and hydration to last them several weeks. Damn. And their humps, similar to uh, dromedary camels, are known for storing fat. They don't store water. It's just fat to help them get through these prolonged times without actually being able to drink water or, or eat nutritious food. So when- this is where me and camels are both very similar and very different. Because I drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, I saw a friend for a socially distanced dinner and she was like, oh yeah, you drink a lot of water. And I was like, is that a thing people realize about me? Is that I like to be hydrated? 
So that's where we differ, but I also store a lot of fat. So that is where we're very similar. I don't think you store a lot of fat. Not not the amount of camels do? No, because when their fat is depleted, Uh this is quote unquote, their humps become floppy and flabby. (laughs) I am never floppy or flabby. So basically, I'm like, thank God I don't have big boobs. (laughs) Could you imagine? Would have been horrible. No, I really, honestly, both of us, this is so funny. Like, neither of us have big boobs. And so I've often wondered, like, what is it like? Like, do they flop around? Do they, can you, do they move one at a time when you're running? Or like, can you? Here it's quite the problem. Can you lift one up and throw it over your shoulder like a continental soldier? (laughs) Do your tits hang low? This is a question going out to all of our audience members. Do your tits hang low? So you mentioned that you like to stay hydrated and you like to drink. So camels, obviously they can go for extreme lengths of time without drinking water. But when they do refill, it's like a sponge and they can drink up to 30 gallons of liquid in one go. Damn! which is about a quarter of their body weight and it takes them like 13 minutes. Oh. Yeah. That's insane. It is. I drink it is. I try to drink my hydro flask is about 40 ounces not sponsored. I try to drink two of those a day and it's a challenge. Mhm. And you got to keep peeing. I, that's a good question. How big is a camel's bladder? So I don't know that answer, but I do know that if they need to, in a pinch, they can drink saline water, which is salt water. Mm -hmm. And kidneys are so efficient that they can just cross out the salt and they'll pee real, they'll pee salt. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you got animals that cry salt. You got animals that pee salt. Damn, the animal kingdom's amazing. So much more efficient than we are. So like like dromedary camels, they have nostrils that close to keep the sand out of their breath. Because, you know, when it's sandy, you don't want to get sand up your nose. You don't want to get no. sand. And they also have big bushy eyebrows and two rows of eyelashes that do the same thing. I will say camel eyelashes are beautiful. They are, aren't they? It's insane. So let's talk about... What? Camels? Sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's just trying to, to get us in trouble with all these songs. <laughs> Dominant males will mate with any females in their herd. Uh, to, to <laughs> Your eyes when you did that. <laughs> mate with any, like you rolled your eyes as you said it. Like these little womanizers. I know. They're Camelizers. That's wrong. It's wrong. The the females are called mares, so they're. So what are the males called? Stallions. Oh, okay, just like horses. I was like, what is what is a mare? No, I remember. (laughs) Sorry. Continue. We're not sure how they determine a dominant male, but it likely involves a spitting contest (laughs) with some biting and snorting. (laughs) Same. How I established dominance in my house. I, I feel like with your sisters, that's not far off. <laughs> Spitting, oh, such a good spitter. 
So they, the males don't eat during their rutting period because it'll give them more energy to fuck all the time. Whatever. <laughs> so they don't eat to get more energy? Yeah. Yeah. So like it's, it, they save, I guess, and use all of their fat and stuff. I don't know. That's what. Well, I guess, what do they eat? Not a lot of good stuff, interestingly. I was going to say, I bet it's not like super calorie high. So they're calories. (laughs) They're omnivores, but they eat mostly plants, dry, salty, thorny plants, or like wood, bark, stems, seeds, grains, nuts, like not stuff that's going to fill you up. No. But I mean, this is kind of cool because they're hardy animals and they're yeah. surviving in a very strange terrain and ecosystem that is not that hospitable. So yeah, uh, let me see if I can find more. Males tend not to eat during the rutting season and use their energy reserves to sustain them during this period. Scholarly research hasn't determined why males have adopted this counterintuitive behavior. Hmm. So it is counterintuitive, though. Yeah. There must be a reason, but it's interesting that we don't know what it is. Yeah. Maybe they get tummy aches. No one wants a tummy ache when they're trying to entice a woman. That's true, actually. That's so true. (laughs) Well, that's it. That's that's my dissertation right there. That's my thesis. I'll defend that to my grave. The uh, the breeding season typically takes place in March and April. Camels are induced ovulators, similar <gasps> to lions or, or lots of big cats, mm-hmm. um, which mean not necessarily lions. Lions' swirly penis is kind of useless, but it means that they only ovulate when stimulated by mating. And mm. if a female does not have the opportunity to mate, her ovarian follicles will degenerate. That's bad. Bummer. Females are pregnant for over a year. Fuck that. They have one to two offspring, and then the calves live close to their mother for three to five years. They're weaned after two years, but the mothers will will care for their young until they reach sexual maturity, so around that five-year range. And then when when the male reaches sexual maturity, he's driven away by the dominant male. Get out of here. Are baby camels super cute? I think they are, right? They're, like, super gangly. So the babies have long legs and big old eyes and eyelashes. That was beautiful. They are. That's so funny because their legs are so long, but like their actual body is very small. <laughs> it's like the like definition of you'll grow into them. Like, <laughs> for sure. And they look like they're smiling. Oh, you're so happy. So they live in herds from like six to 20. Sometimes herds will cross paths and there might be up to 500 Bactrian camels at once. Whoa. Yep. With their communication, they've got good senses of sight and smell. They can smell something up to three kilometers away. As we mentioned, they are omnivores. They're also ruminants like cows. They have four stomachs. Oh, wow. And so now I'd like to turn it over to some trivia because- Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to up my game in this podcast. All right, I'm ready. I just mentioned that their herd sizes can be like six to 20 or so. What is a group of camels actually known as? Do you know? Oh, shit. I feel like at one point I knew this. You definitely know this. And when I say it, you're going to be like, fuck yeah. Is it a herd? Nope. Is it a, a group? Mm-mm. Think of like 
a large amount of things traveling together in the desert. What would you call it? I feel like. Oh, caravan. Yes, exactly. I knew caravan. I was thinking congregation, but I'm like, that's a group of like alligators. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Which is fantastic. What predates Bactrian camels in Mongolia and China? Nothing. False. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that was not a false or true question. Wait, so, can I get? Yeah. Mm. Tigers. No. No. That's wrong. People. You're on the right track. Oh. Yes. <laughs> leopards. Yes. So <laughs> leopards and wolves, but will they'll rarely go after full-grown Bactrian camels because they're so big. Humans yeah. are the biggest threat. They hunt them for meat, their hides, bone, and wolves. Bactrian and dromedary, the one-humped camels, can mate. They can probably mate, but they probably don't produce viable offspring. You're you're pretty spot on. So they can <laughs> produce they can produce offspring that will then produce hybrid females and sterile males. Gotcha. So they're like mules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bactrian camels were domesticated how long ago? Four thousand years. Oh my god, you're exactly right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> think for that exact answer you win everything oh my god i'm so proud of myself the bactrian camel was domesticated about four thousand years ago and today the domesticated species number is well over a million by comparison domesticated dromedary camels are around 12 million many more fuck yes and now just for some fast facts that are fun fun Mm -hmm. facts bactria which is the 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 that gives this camel its distinctive name was an ancient country in what is now northeastern Iran. Bactria. Interesting. Camel-like animals evolved in North America more than 46 million years ago, and modern camels' ancestors migrated to Asia across the Bering Street, Bering Strait land Bering bridge. Bering Street. Bering Street. <laughs> you know, just down the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They migrated around three to four million years ago. And then the camel became extinct in North America around eight to 10,000 years ago. Isn't that fascinating? That's so, like, insane. Camels were in the fucking North American continent first. I want them back. All right. And then lastly, unlike any other mammal, camels and their closest relatives have oval-shaped rather than circular red blood cells. Oh, that was not the fact I thought you would end on. <laughs> I know. But we love a good red blood cell fact, so so we're all about here. It's not my strongest fact, but whatever. It's good to add it in. Just sprinkle it in at the top, you know? At the end, whatever. <laughs> Opposite of the top. <laughs> on the top, but at the end. So unfortunately, I do need to end with how are these animals doing? They are IUCN listed as critically endangered. There are only about 950 individuals left in the wild. As we mentioned, their biggest threat is humans and hybridization, habitat loss. They're, uh, yeah, unfortunately not doing so well. Um, But there is an organization called the Wild Camel Protection Foundation that operates out of uh, China and Mongolia that it appears as though Jane Goodall has worked with this organization before. Mm, So they seem to know what they're doing. 
and they're trying to just reinvigorate these populate these wild populations mm-hmm. kind of similar to ashley's walrus just check these animals out they're fucking <laughs> cool like let's care about the planet because there aren't that many more of them left and there's not like a ton of direct stuff we can do to help but mm-hmm. if we just care about the earth a little bit more we can protect yeah. some of these unique creatures so thanks to my sources nat geo animal diversity web of the university of michigan the financial tribune desert usa and the denver zoo Oh, nice. That's uh, that's the Bactrian camel. Oh, you did so good. <laughs> I feel like we didn't have a theme this week, but the theme was like animals like you know and can identify, but probably don't know a lot about. So I yeah. think well done. Yeah. I think that was a fun one. Yeah. Um, a couple of things that, I mean, we ended on like a low note because we always do, but then we like went back up, you know, because animals are cool. But also a couple of things. David Attenborough now has an Instagram, so everyone should go follow him. (laughs) Yes. That is the coolest thing. And our friend Jill, who was one of our guests last year, Mm -hmm. said that he has broken the record for fastest Instagram to reach a million followers. Yeah. Something, which is awesome. And he's like, which in a day, he's already at 3 million. And well-deserved. Yes. Um, 3.6 million currently. And that, it doesn't so, include me. I need to go follow him. So that that's one fun thing. Another fun thing. So last week we named our episode Sarah's Feet after my sister. And later in that on past Wednesday, I got a text and all it said was five and a half. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh. And it was my sister correcting me that she has size five and a half feet and not five. So sorry, Sarah. You have gigantic feet, a full half size bigger. That's hysterical. So as a reminder, guys, we're animal enthusiasts. We're not scientists. Don't cite us in your academic papers. Do your own research. We just want you to get excited, like I said earlier. Um, But thank you for joining us. If you like our podcast, check out our Instagram at The Watering Hole Pod and subscribe Mm -hmm. to our podcast wherever you're listening and give us a review because it'll help us to reach new fans and get them excited about wildlife too. You can also visit us online at thewateringholepod.com. So tune in not next on week. Facebook. <laughs> do, not, do not look for us on Facebook. Tune in next time when we learn about more animals, their biology and habitat, the threats they face, and what people are doing about it. Ta-ta! Ta-ta! <laughs> says, the, says the ghost. I was going to say, what does the ghost say, Maggie? <laughs> All right, bye. Or just slams shut. <laughs>